Welcome to the Stuff and Things Podcast. Your home for all stuff related to your favorite things in entertainment. Now, here are your hosts. Hello everybody and welcome to a new episode of the Stuff and Thangs podcast. I am Sam, talking to you today about Andor from the Star Wars universe. Joining me to discuss episode 4 is my partner in crime, it's Stefan. How are we doing? How are we doing? Yeah, I'm I'm okay mate, and you? I'm good, I just found out a really fun fact. Oh, okay, go on and start the show with a fun fact. If you start eating a chocolate hobnob as the intro starts, you finish it perfectly when you say, here's Stefan. Do you? Because there was quite a delay. I, w- I was concerned for a minute. No, no. It, I, honestly, it was perfect. I tell you, it was perfect. No one would have noticed. But yeah. Okay. I'll, there you go. So I'll just make a note of that edit point. Um. Okay, so yeah, welcome to the show. This is Andor Season 1, Episode 4. Title of the episode was... Al Dhani. Al Dhani? Yeah, that's pretty Aldani. much how I said it. Yeah. A-L-D-H-A-N-I. The thing with Star Wars is if ever there's a title of a show and it's kind of like the name of a planet, a town, or a person, yeah. I'm automatically like goosebumps up going, oh, I'm never getting this right. Yeah, well, it's possible. Yeah. Here's Boba Fett. <sighs> yeah. Don't do that. Don't, don't, don't do that. We're trying to get the Star Wars audience back. Okay. <sighs> I okay. swear you don't care. It just hurts me. Just hurts me <laughs> I do care. I do, I do care. I'm just um, saying, when, when I get names wrong, it's not on purpose. Yeah, okay. Um, so, I think so we, we follow, this episode literally follows directly on from the end of episode three, which I liked. Yeah. Uh, we're following Cassian's escape. Um He's in the ship and he's he's bleeding on the guy's floor, which you know makes me laugh. really upset him. Yeah, really. Yeah, upsets yeah. Him. The guy's the guy's kind of quite blunt about that. Um, whilst he's cleaning his arm, um, he gets offered a job, uh, two hundred thousand credits, which, by the way, is a lot. Yeah, that did um, sound I, I like kind considering. Of, yeah, that sounded a lot. Yeah, I, I was trying to sort of work out in the in the Star Wars universe what is a lot of money. Like so for example, you said doing like two hundred thousand credits and I'm like, ooh big money. But then I thought, what if two hundred thousand credits bars you a Mars bar? You know, I I don't know what the currency rate is. Yeah, um, and Falcon is is like seven and a half million or something, you know. Yeah. Yeah. So I was thinking to myself, we better find out. We better you know, better so I did a little bit of research on the old uh, interwebs. And yeah, that's a significant Bit of, bit of coinage there. Um, you can actually find out like the exchange currency rates and stuff for Star Wars. Uh, no, I, I can't. I, I well, I'm sure someone's done it. I mean, yeah. for, for <laughs> goodness on. sake, in in nerd in Nerdland, Star Trek people have translated books in the Klingon. I'm fairly confident someone somewhere has done a currency exchange between like US dollars to Star Wars credits, Republican credits. Yeah, yeah. that be. I am googling that after this show. Okay, well, that'd be fun. I mean, if you do the pound to real credits right now, you'll just see it plummeting. So, um, 
he's offered this job, um, and the best thing, or the thing that put a big smile on my face was from the opening three episodes when we talked about him, one, one thing that me and you really thought was that guy wasn't there for the part. He was there to meet Cassian. Oh, yeah. And, and he confirms that. He's just like, I didn't care about that. I was there for you. And he kind of reiterates he knows even more about him. Um, yeah, he's getting to a like, scary level of detail. Now, like, if you met some random bloke in your everyday life and they gave you like half the details that yeah. Luthan is giving about Andor, you'll be like, oh, okay. Yeah. How long have you been watching me for? Uh, I did. I did also like Lufin's kind of like. Well, the way I see it, you got several options. Uh, yes. I can drop you off at a planet and you can keep running. You can take the job and really stick it to the Empire. You can try and kill me and take my ship. Yeah. And he's just really casual about it. Yeah, he doesn't care. You choose one of the three. It's fine. Whatever. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Andor. Uh, sorry. So Cassian is a little bit taken about. He kind of bites back at him a little bit about how. There is no fight in the Empire. You know, I, I went to fight and I found out I was we were like literally fighting ourselves. And, you know, only 50 of us came back. And again, this level of kind of information about him, he points out, it's like you joined up as a cook. You never saw action and you survived because you ran away. Yeah, it like, takes his story oh, and wow. shots on it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But the thing I, I found kind of interesting. You were a cook. Oh, okay, fair enough. Yeah. yeah, the thing I found <laughs> kind of interesting about that is obviously we have this image of Cassian Andor um, from Rogue One being this hardened re- rebel rebel soldier. Yeah. Um, and obviously very ruthless. And we've seen at the start of this episode, uh, start of this series, he is ruthless, not afraid to kill. You know, once that guy died, it was like crap, I need to kill the other one then, and he did it. Which, again, me and you both said, Star Wars, wow, that was that yeah. was dark. So when we get to this this kind of line where I'm thinking, oh, okay, he served as a soldier at one point, this explains his ability to kill, this explains... But then that story got shat on. I was like, oh, wow, okay. <laughs> yeah, uh, His background clearly wasn't in that. He's just clearly got an aptitude for it, which is possibly even darker. Um, but obviously, like we said, 200,000 credits. He talks about what, what he's going to go. Um, he also gives him a necklace, uh, which is a Kyber crystal necklace. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't, I don't know about the, uh, I'm I'm trying to work out the kind of significance to this. I can't make my mind up if it's a simple nod to the fact in Rogue One, uh, the main character, Jyn Erso, is wearing a kyber crystal necklace. I don't know if it's just a a symbol of a rebellion. You know, as it's growing, you know, kyber crystals, the Jedi lightsabers. Maybe this is something that people who are longing for those days are, are kind of carrying. I, I'm, again, I'm just kind of... Yes, yeah, I'm I sure. It, like, as soon as he showed me, I was like, oh my God, that's a lightsaber thing. That's so cool. And then, like, that was yeah. my overall reaction was just, you know, Kyber Crystal. Because we, obviously, we mentioned in the podcast, didn't we? Yeah. Maybe his hometown was, you know, Kyber Crystals, and that's why they shut the planet down or something. And then yeah. there was this Kyber Crystal, and the little part of me went, oh, mate, if, if that was the theory I got right, I would be yeah. well impressed. Well, but it'd be it, funny. It, it looks be funny. like it was more just kind of like a tokeny sort of thing. But yeah, for a split second, I was like, oh man, I'm going to go buy a lottery ticket. 
Like he says to him, like I'm going to pay you two hundred thousand, and he says, look, you know, I'm going to give you this. Uh, don't ever accept anything less than fifty thousand for it. But no, it's worth more to me. Yeah, it feels like he's kind of given that to him, like as an element of trust. Like I want this back. I'm yeah, giving it to like, you. If I come back for the suicide mission, no, I want my crystal back. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't, I don't know. The, the, I get the impression with this guy Lufen, he's probably got a drawer full of them, and he gives them out to people as like a kind of like, yeah, I trust you. I have faith. And they walk away feeling like 10 foot tall and he just laughs to himself. Because he's actually just giving them a bit of crystal, yeah. just a random bit of rock. So he lands <laughs> on this planet and you see you see a character coming down from like the hills. Um, and he says like, okay, stay on the ship. I need to go and talk to them. They're not going to be happy about me adding you, but you know, they'll see it my way. Uh, also yeah. tells him to pick a name and he picks Clem. Yeah, that was, that was different. Um, so, very random, yep. Yeah, so Clem stays on the ship, tries to sort of spy a little bit, and the, and the ship, the ship computer... talks to him, which is brilliant. Yeah, yeah can I help him, you? Oh, yeah, um, gives him um, a kind of, uh, what do you think you're doing? So, is uh, that kind of like Luthen's droid, just built into his ship sort of thing? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I love it, yeah. Uh, Vel Sarfa is the character uh, that we meet here on the planet. Yes. Now, this actress was in Game of Thrones. Do you remember the characters she played in Game of Thrones? No. She played the waif, the person who beat the crap out of little Arya constantly until Arya took her face off. Oh, Christ, yes it is! Yes, yes it is, yeah. Yes it is! <laughs> it's, it's, nice, it's nice to see her in something where she's not that character. Yeah! Um, so yeah, but in this is Vel Sarfa, um, and she isn't happy, but she is basically told you need this guy, and you know it, so deal yeah. with it. I will cancel the mission otherwise, and they're like, "We've been here for this long, you can't do that." Yeah. I can. You're gonna take him on. She, he doesn't give her a choice. I think is the way to put it. Yeah. Yeah, um, he basically tells her as well, look, you can go back to the team and say this is all you. Obviously, you don't mention me at all. It's, one of the things I'm sort of picking up from this is the rebellion at this point is kind of like cells. So they're all self-contained little units where she obviously knows Lufen, but the rest of the team doesn't. Very, so, very secretive. Yeah. Very. And... One of the things I'm liking about this show is the kind of espionage, the hidden, the spy kind of craft. We'll come on to a few other bits of this, but um, so Clem leaves with Vel. Um, they go off um, to to meet the rest of the team. It's a long walk. Um, Clem asks questions, gets told a little bit about the plan, realizes that sounds like a suicide mission. Um, she, she just yeah. kind of like, yeah, yeah, a little bit. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, we what see did a you couple expect? of, yeah, we see a couple of Thai fighters roar across the sky. That was kind of cool. That was I, there's something visually... about, like, I know everyone loves an X-Wing because it's an X-Wing, but there is just something about the Thai yeah, fighters. There's just something about the Thai fighters visually. I love them. You, you do love, but... It, it was pretty cool. You know, the visual of them roaring across the sky, that was pretty cool. Um, so they uh, make it back on this hike. And again, we 
we establish that she's doing this walk and it's a long walk to where he landed the ship. All of this is just to be completely cloak and dagger. Yeah, totally it takes like a day or something because of the... Yeah. The, yeah. Yeah, so it is, it is impressive the level that they are going to to keep this secret to, and to safeguard what they're doing. Um, when he gets there, he meets the team. The team hate the fact they're adding another person. I love the uh, fact as... that the first part of the team we meet is that guy has just fallen asleep with his gun. Well, I, I find I find that was kind of interesting with that guy because he, on a couple of occasions, seems to be the most receptive to Clem being there. Yeah. And he, even, he says at one point, like, <clears throat> oh, I, I can sense or I can feel he's he's with us. And I'm wondering if this is someone who's force-sensitive or at least thinks they are. Possibly. Um, I so, was confused the fact they're all walking around with what very much looked like AK-47s. <clears throat> See, now that's been a major criticism. Um, I, I was of, a bit... Like, a lot of... A lot of the Star Wars guns and stuff have been, you know, it's a pistol, but it looks kind of futuristic and cool. Or yeah. even, like, the, the Stormtrooper guns and stuff, the blasters and all that, they yeah. look kind of... They've made them look sci fi these yeah. all just look like bog standard guerrilla rebel AK forty sevens, and I was a bit like, they, they did. It didn't take me out or anything. It didn't take me out or anything like that. It was just a bit of a, why do they have AK forty seven? Okay, fair enough. Okay, well, it's an in, it's an interesting point that a lot of people picked up on in the trailer, and so there's been a lot of discussion about it. And the the general kind of reply is. If you look at the weaponry across all of Star Wars, not focusing on main characters, you will actually find a lot of the resemblance to actual weaponry. Um, so basically, ah. like you'll see within the Rebellion, if you go back watch the original trilogy, the weapons that are being carried around and stuff like that, they do mirror. Because what they tried to do is to say, like, look, if you're the Empire and you can afford state-of-the-art equipment the blasts and stuff yeah you will equip all your soldiers with this state-of-the-art weapon and they're all uniform they're all identical yeah whereas the rebellion you're going to be using the stuff that was you know clone wars era you know what i mean you're using the stuff that's kind of knocked off the the cheaper version the stuff that's 40 50 years old so what they've done is they've tried the mirror and like you said the kind of modern day guerrilla warfare you know if you watch a film of um a conflict in modern era and you see you know usa troops landing they're all in all the amazing equipment under the sun and whoever they're fighting are carrying ak's yeah that's you know then that's why it triggers that in your mind and they've done it deliberately to try and trigger that thought process uh, sadly a lot of people criticized it saying well it just looks like ak-47s and it took me out um but i can understand their thinking the the, the thought process which apparently, again, go back to the original trilogy, is the same. The thought process is to give you that visual ident of, oh, they're clearly the rebels. They're carrying the crappy kind of guns, <laughs> if that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, it makes sense. It does make sense. <clears throat> give him that. Uh, um, so he does meet uh, a medic, tries to help him with his arm, um, says to him, like, you know, we're preserving pain meds, and you can see that hurt. Um, yep. Uh, and he's there. We also meet a member of the team who's part of the Imperial Garrison. Uh, he's probably the one who's least happy about Clem being added. Yeah. Um, and then, and they talk through their plan. What, what do you, what do you think about the plan? 
I mean, it it does kind of definitely sound like a suicide mission. Yeah. Like, it basically there all was a, hinges on a once is it every three years? Once every three years, there's like a meteor shower that we can use as cover. But we need to get in and out before and during that happens. Yeah. Otherwise, we're just going to get shot out the yeah. sky. Literally sitting <laughs> like, like, You know, you're like, okay, so now... Just, you know, let, let's say, you know, joking around real lifey sort of thing here. Yeah. So, for the only time in my entire lifetime, the other night, Jupiter was available to be seen with all of its moons from yeah. the UK. And the whole of the UK was absolutely psyched for this. I had my telescope out, set up, everything was ready to go. Yeah. And it was cloudy and rained all night. Yeah. And that was just annoying because I didn't get to see the moons of Jupiter. Yeah. This is like they're going on, you know their life or death situation on hoping that this meteor shower that happens every three years happens at exactly the right time. Uh, basically, yeah. I mean, yeah. The, the, guy, the guy's like, yeah, I've been here seven years. I've seen it twice. You know, it's quite a show. Um, yeah. It is, it, again, yeah. It's, <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, all, it's all kind of... The funny thing is this team are, like, dedicated. They are rebels. They're living off of next to no food. They are there for the cause, live and die for the cause. Yeah. Clem, as we're going to call him, literally rocks up and he's just asking the questions, which I think any fair-minded person would. Yep. And is just like highlighting these massive kind of areas of concern. Like, um, just to clarify, when we were walking here, I saw a couple of TIE fighters. Uh, I ain't outrunning them in that. <laughs> it's like they yeah. will literally vaporize us. Yeah. Um. And, you know, yeah, if this meteor I, shower was to start 30 seconds later than you think... Yeah, exactly, yeah. Just just, just any any kind of part of this plan. Um, I mean, I, I personally love the plan. <laughs> I think it's... The, the plan is the plan. Crazy. We can... Yeah. 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 Uh, um, and, yeah, I'm, I'm all for it. It's, you know, it's kind of funny. Like, you, you watch... Um, I play a lot of the kind of Star Wars video games. Yes. And I yep. kind of look at this and it makes me think of like a mission in one of those games. Like, okay, we're going to do this. We're going to knock off an Imperial payroll. And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we are. Let's yeah, do it. Like, and, <laughs> yeah. Any game where I can fly an X-Wing, man. Um, okay. <laughs> so that that's kind of, I mean, <clears throat> I wouldn't say they've overly accepted him uh, being there. They, they've kind of begrudgingly accepted him. Yeah, he appears to be willing to work, which I think's won them over a little bit. There, there's definitely um, no open arms and stuff yet. Like he's there, he's part of the group, but he yeah. there's no open arms. Like, yeah, welcome. No, I, I would. Like, I, if we get out of this alive, we'll think about accepting you. Yeah, yeah. Now, I felt that uh, episodes one to three kind of gave us a nice intro to the show. I felt episode four felt like proper episodic weekly television, where it was like the ending. I was like, oh damn. Where's it ended as you think to yourself, they're about to go and do the ah oh, credits, yeah. you buggers. I, I, I would like the next episode to be this plan. I'd like it to be this mission. Yeah. Because I think the show pacing, it'd just be great for it. Um, an episode where they're sat around practicing, I'd feel like they killed the momentum. But no, I'm, with you. It, I'm hoping that's what they do. Because now, if they do do that, we know, because this is a prequel series, Cassian is okay. We know he makes it to Rogue One. 
doesn't make it out of that film, but of course we know he makes it to Rogue One. <laughs> yeah. So knowing that, he I'm looking at this team of, of people. Yeah. Oh, massively, but I'm I'm <laughs> I'm okay. I'm all right. It's like I watched the Han Solo film. I knew he was going to be okay, but I enjoyed the film. Yeah. Um. So I'm looking at this and I'm thinking to myself, how many of this team are not making this? Yeah. Because I, like, I'm just looking at it and I'm like. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> it just if seven it feels like this in, series seven is going to be a out. lot. Yeah, yeah, it just feels like this show is going to be a lot of death. Yeah. I could be wrong. And looking, we've said it before. Looking at how Andor's character changes, there's yeah. going to be a lot of things that are going to happen to him on this road that kind yeah. of lead him to be the character that we see in Rogue One. Yeah, I, I, and I I'm wondering, yeah. I wonder how many of those is that every time he gets put with a new team and finally, like, yeah. they all accept him, he starts building up that camaraderie with them, and, yeah. and they're all dead. Next team. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Dead. Oh, I've been accepted. Dead. Yeah, because, we're dead. Ah, oh, yeah. Because by the time he's in Rogue One, it's basically him and a droid. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, there's a load of soldiers that he works with or he knows, but he basically works with the droid. Yeah, and and I do, yeah, I do have this kind of thing in my mind of like, I wonder how he ended up like that. Oh, perhaps every person he works with dies. Okay, quite possible. That, yeah. There you go, nice, nice and dark. And one's um, going to end up like the super trooper. It's fine. Yeah. Um, move, moving on to uh, Lufen Rao's story in this episode, he drops Clem off and then he heads to Coruscant. By the way, love seeing Coruscant again. Yes. Um, now, when he's getting ready to land. This is this to me is like one of the most fascinating scenes in the episode. He goes and gets changed, and this isn't just like a change of clothes. This is he changes. He does his jewelry. He puts a wig on. He puts, but then you see him standing there practicing facial expressions, like he's becoming a character. I I, I find that fascinating. Oh, I do. I do. I do. Um, like the way that you go, it's not just a case of the hair, wig, and everything goes on. It yeah. is like his full mannerisms change, yeah. his voice change. He really becomes yeah. this collector. Yeah, it, it was. I thought it was in- incredible because it once again is like, who is who the hell is this guy? Um, because you know, all we'd seen as Lufen route has just been really hard nosed badass who's clearly trying a running part of the rebellion. Yeah. But then he's working on Coruscant, like literally the capital of now the empire. And he just changes like, morphs into this guy. Coruscant's kind of where it's like, it's the money, money area, isn't it? Like, you know, mm. that's kind of where it all is. And he's gone from being this kind of rebel kind of guy working on the outskirts to now being right in the money capital. Like you say, <clears> the <throat> complete character change of all of it. Yeah. It's like, okay, now I'm interested. I'm interested. It was interesting. And he is in this shop, and we see uh, a senator arrive. Um, And again, something I really loved in this is he's working with a lady there, and it's like, okay, the senator's arrived. Who's that? That's a new driver. Okay, we'll be cautious. And the new driver, when he's talking to the senator, and he's all like, oh, hello, you're shopping for a gift for your husband. And he's all very, you know, extrovert, over-the-top hand movements. And I'm like, it's it's a different guy. (laughs) It's like, he's just so different. And he's he's talking about all these different things. And his assistant just distracts the driver, just 
brilliantly. Just like, oh, would you want to look around at anything? He's like, oh, I can't afford anything in here. So, oh, no, it's fine. You can have a look. You know, some of the stuff's yeah. interesting. And the senator's like, oh, I don't really want him to look at weaponry anymore. It's like, oh, I've just got this piece in. Come with me. And they go out of the back. And the minute he gets out of sight of that driver, boom, his mannerisms go back to Lufenral. And he's like, I need to know if you can still deliver. For and I'm like, whoa, this is this is like a spy thriller. Yeah, this it's, is like it's this straight is spy in, craft. It's awesome. It's like strange. Like, give me, give me, give me. What, what can we give? Let's let's. I need more money from you. I need information. It's like yeah. boom, straight round onto it. Yeah, it was brilliant. Um, I, I absolutely. I mean, I, I this show is just. It's unexpected to me. I, I genuinely thought it was just going to be a series teaching us how Cassian went from A to B, you know, literally just following him yeah. and that's all it was. But this show is literally teaching us how the rebellion happened and, I, and I'm loving that. I am. Um, yeah, so I was watching it and as I'm kind of watching all this stuff happen, like um, in Luthen's shop, for example, and yeah. I, I'm watching it all happen and like you say, like I'm watching the, the kind of spy thriller behind it mm. and knowing me and then kind of like knowing you, what you like and stuff like that as well, I know yeah. that you're watching this and I'm like, Oh, Sam is going to be so into yeah, this. Like he is yeah, going to be so. The, the fact that the like I say the character changed from what we've seen with Andor to what we saw yeah. in the shop front to then what we see out the back, yeah. and then he walks back round and it's kind of and like he's just... straight back into that character yeah. of the shopkeeper again with his very but... kind of oh, but I understand that I can trust you to you know yeah. if you he... change your mind, yeah. just he, bring he, it back and don't do anything delivers... stupid sort of thing. Yeah, he delivers a line in character as the shopkeeper, but answering her question that she asked yeah. of of him at the back. But he, it was the way it was all done, because like, he's obviously thinking to himself, her driver's potentially watching her. And yeah. she says herself, like, I am being watched constantly. It's like there are different security like there's i don't recognize any faces i am oh she says that she goes to the bank every time she goes to the bank yeah. it's new people working there and yeah. stuff and it's yeah crazy just like so is is just fascinating it is a you know the empire is taken over fully and it is a police state it is a everything about it and she's trying to move funds to help fund the rebellion clearly i mean that's how i've understood it yeah but she's struggling to do it um, one of the things I found kind of interesting is she does take this gift away is obviously really her husband's birthday. Yeah. Um, she, and my note here, I don't know if you'll find this funny. The senator's a rebel trying to fight fight against the empire. Husband appears to enjoy whining and dining. Yeah. You know, he's there organizing dinner parties and stuff and inviting people who she really doesn't want to be around. Oh, and, yeah, she gets she, stuff. So she's just basically asked Luthen. To like, you know, take a chance on me. I know someone who could kind of come yeah. in and help us. And then she gets back home and it's like, so all these people that are trying to shut down everything you want to do, I've invited yeah. them for dinner. Basically, yeah. <laughs> it's like, uh, oh. so, so here's the question then. And it's a question I think a lot of fans of Star Wars are asking off the back of Andor. Yeah. Episode four. Who was she talking about? Do you think this is going to be a character we know? Or do you think... This is just going to be some random new character introduced. What's this? The people that are kind of like shutting her down and she doesn't want to be. No, there no, no. Who, she she says the Lufen, I know someone oh, sorry, who yeah. I think can help. The new person that can help. Yeah. I, I've i seen like the typical name I've seen pop up on social media. 
Yeah. It seems everybody wants Princess Leia involved. Yeah. I've that, seen that. that is the name that everyone's kind of going straight towards. Leia Organa. How, yeah. Yeah. That is the name everyone's going to. But then I've seen a couple of people say about um, Leia's parents. Yeah. Potentially trying to get involved as well. But I have Basically a feeling, the Organas. Yeah. I have a feeling it's going to be a new character. I think they've kind of they've yeah. planted that little seed to get people talking. Yeah. And then it could just be a completely new character. I, I'm going to take an absolute shot in the dark. I'm going to say Akbar. <laughs> oh, that'd be epic. Yeah. It's a trap. Yeah. Uh, amazing. Yeah. Um, so, uh, again, with this episode, <clears throat> we are also introduced to the Imperial Security Bureau, the ISB. Um, I think in animated shows, stuff like that, we, we've been introduced to these characters before and obviously books and things. I'm pretty yep. sure in live action, this is our first major depiction of them. I believe um, so, yeah. And we meet a major party as, uh who is in charge. And we see a meeting where lots of items are being discussed. A little nod to Scarif, of course, which is uh, in Rogue One, which I thought was just a nice little nod. Yeah. Uh, and we see that the incident where Cassian's killed those guards and then escaped by killing more is being discussed. And the <laughs> yeah. Imperial officer who's in charge of that region's like, as soon as this meeting's done, I'm on my way there to like clean that crap up. Mm. And and the Major says, well, before you go, we need to talk. Um and we see this other woman and this other woman kind of like jumps on the report because he says, Oh, you know, a, an Imperial unit was found at the scene. And she's like, jump straight on it. Now this now, was interesting for me on a on something different. I think from what you're going to say, okay, bring it when we first meet. So this is Dedra Miro, I believe. <laughs> I will take Deirdre, your word for it. Brother. Deirdre Miro. Yeah. When we first see her, we see her kind of walking into the building. and We're kind of following her character. Instantly, I was like, "Oh, she's one of the spies." Oh, this you is you think? I was like, "This is Luthen's inside man or something." This could be yeah. okay. This is cool. And then, like within about ten minutes after that, I'm like, "No, no, it's not. No, no she, she no, is. She's bad." Okay, she, she is fully empire. Yeah. <laughs> she's full. But yeah, for those first ten minutes, I'm like, "Oh, this is cool." Okay, so Luthen's got his inside person. Okay, yeah. this is yeah. cool. This is cool. <laughs> and then we kind of learn more, and I'm like. Yeah. Oh, uh, no, absolutely maybe not. not. Then. She's 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 straight up. Her ringtone is the Imperial March. In it just, is straight up. Yeah. There. Yeah. Um. No, she is basically like like she is ahead of the shipyards where one of these was stolen, and she she has a line where she basically says she feels that there is an organized rebellion because she is seeing patterns, uh, things being taken, stuff being used, similar tactics. Yeah. And she says that, and she gets shut down as kind of like, uh, we don't operate on your feelings here, we operate on evidence. You know, go away, put together, you know, evidence, put together things, and then come back to me. It, it kind of, it kind of, I don't know, made, made me laugh a little bit, because it kind of felt a little bit like the old boys club, which, uh, whether they were going for that or not, I don't know, but you've got... The, the male character in the major, the male character who she's rubbing up against, and that her them kind of speaking to her like, now listen, little lady, 
Yeah. You, you know, you, you know, you've had this bad feeling about it. You bless you. <laughs> uh, but yeah. you know, you we work on evidence here. Yes, we do. <laughs> and I kind of thought to myself, oh wow, <laughs> um, yeah. they're gonna look so f- stupid <laughs> when when everything goes to the wall. Um, so I do have kind of this idea in my head that she, because she's clearly ambitious as well. Uh, I think the guy says like, "Why don't you set your ladder first before you start climbing there?" Um, yeah, and I, I think she, I think she's willing to push a few people <laughs> down a hole to to make it to the top. So I don't think she's going to be shy about pointing out to superiors, "Hey, I did try and warn everyone here, by the way." Yeah, remember um, that time when you told me not to deal with my little feelings? Exactly, wow. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, now we've had this coordinated assault, which I could have told you about. Um, so I, I find I find that quite fascinating. I think that's going to be an interesting dynamic to watch. Um, I mentioned this guy who was in charge of the region. We see him; he's set off now. I'm gonna I'm gonna finish with this next part because we see Chief Hine, Cyril Karn, and Sergeant uh, Linus. Are all fired. Yeah. Um, these are the guys who are part of this sort of company corporation who were in charge. And I, I kind of feel a little bit for Chief Hine. Uh, he's like, I didn't have anything to do with any of this. But the Imperial officer does kind of point out, yeah, you were trying to ignore it. You were just trying to bury your head in the sand. Yeah. Uh, in fairness to Chief Hine, I love that. He's like, that, I wasn't even here. Exactly. Yeah. This is also yeah. It's like I wasn't yeah. even here exactly. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. So so Cyril has Cyril's basically landed them all in it. Um, now this guy also one of the interesting things is he says the Empire will now be in direct control of this sector. Yeah. So it kind of you know when he says it in the meeting and the major says oh speak to me before you leave, I kind of feel like that that was it. What before he left, he basically said to him take control this is our this is our excuse this is our reason they've cocked it right up go in there get rid of them and you're you're now in charge yeah uh it kind of feels like the empire wants to have like a firm grip on all of these systems but they're kind of allowing regional local people to stay in charge under their boots as long as they do exactly as they're told and the minute they step away from that or there's a problem they go look you know you're not doing a good job. We'll take over from here. Uh, that, that's kind of how it feels at the moment. And But one of the things I find interesting about this is we kind of follow Cyril home. And I cannot for the life of me work out why we're following this character. No, like he, I love the fact that he got home. Mom! Slap yeah, hug. Yeah. Oh, okay, yep. Okay. Now, what is this I, character building towards? I'm fascinated by this because to me, in my mind, I've got two two possible things here. One, mm-hmm. he's going to enlist like in the Empire now. Like, you know, if he wants to be a stormtrooper or something and we're going to follow this guy, you know, very anti. He's going to be, you know, or we're going to see him give evidence to the ISB about Cassie. Do you know what I mean? We're like, we're not done with him. Yeah. But the fact we followed him home... Uh, and had that scene with his mum slapping him in the face. Why? Why would she slap him? Maybe because she doesn't agree with the empire. Doesn't agree with the job he's been doing. You know, he left to go off and work for people under the empire's boot. Maybe she wasn't happy about that. You know, pleased to see her son again, but 
you know, how dare you wear that uniform? Slap. Yeah, it's a fun, like for me, I've got like I say, he's, he's going to go one of two ways. Mm. He's either going to go full Imperial Empire, yeah, and work his way like go behind the scenes, work it all out, and then kind of present to them, "Look, I've done your work for you, aren't I amazing?" Yeah. Or, or he's going to go completely one eighty. Yeah. And this is the new rebel guy that's going to be one of the top rebels. Yeah, that was because that he's was, now middle fingers to the empire. Like screw yeah, you. That was that was kind of that was kind of where my head was as well. Yeah. Was like, yeah, it's, it's going to be interesting. There's no other right? reason to still be following him. No, and that that was the thing that that was the end. Like the end of the episode, and I was kind of making a few notes, and I was like, there has to be a reason for that scene because if we get to the end of this season, and that was it. Uh, then I'm gonna be thinking they really didn't need to put our scene in. No, because like we've already like so we've got Sergeant Linus Musk, the Scottish guy. He yep. got fired off his gun. Yep. He's gone now. He's he's yep. gone. We've got Chief Hine. He was sacked. Yep. He's gone. Yeah. No, no need to follow him. Cyril gets fired, and he's like, yep. let's watch him travel home to Mummy, and he's like, why? Yeah. So 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 there's there's something there. We we will find out. Uh, but mate, that that was all my notes from this episode. Did you have anything else you feel like we missed? Um, no, I think that's all good actually. I think we're Brilliant. all good. Okay. Um, I want to say a massive thank you as always to everybody for listening and getting in touch. Um, something that we've talked about on a few shows now, and we're posting it on our social media on a regular basis. We now have a Discord server. Uh, Discord server, being an old man that I am, is basically a bit like a chat room. Uh, you can go on. Uh, you can comment on the different threads that we have there on all the different shows that we're discussing. We also just have a general thread just for chat. We also have a general thread for upcoming stuff. So shows we're looking forward to. Uh, I've already, I think one person has already sort of started to put suggestions in there. Like, hey, you should cover this show. Yeah. But this ain't Burger King. You get what we want to do, not what we <laughs> want. Um, also, for anyone who comments, when's this show coming out? Will it be done by this time? Because I want... No. <laughs> no, not going to happen. Uh, do you know, I, I, Saturday morning came round and I was like, no, sod that person. They're not having it today. they got to wait. Um, Sorry, Lucy. So, yeah. <laughs> I'm not. Was that, was that who it was? Was it Lucy? Lucky Lucy. Go, Lucy. Yeah. Lucky Lucy. Was very unlucky um, because she didn't get the podcast yeah, right so lucky to listen to. Yeah. Imagine making your name Lucky Lucy. Oh, anyway, uh, look, big thank you to everyone who's already joined us on there. Uh, there's a nice little community growing. So if you're interested, you can download the app from uh, Apple Store, Google, wherever you, you know, your smartphone apps from. Uh, it takes a couple of minutes. Yep. You set you set up an account. You can either use a phone number or an email address. It's very quick, uh, quick authorization. Uh, profiles as quick as setting up a picture, whether you want to do it as you or, or you know, a character, favourite character from the show you enjoy talking about, that's completely on you. Create your username and boom, you're there. Um, you accept the invite, which you will see posted on all our social media and also will be in the podcast descriptions for all of our shows going forward. So yeah, uh, join us on there. You can get involved in real time. And speak directly to us as well. Uh, obviously, if you still want to keep emailing in or messaging via your podcast app, feel free to do that as well. But until next time, we will be back later this week to discuss and or episode five. Uh, but until then, everybody, you all stay safe and take care. And may the force be with you.
Thank you for listening to the Stuff and Things podcast. We hope you enjoyed the show. You can find us on Facebook or online. Simply search the Stuff and Things podcast to join in our conversation every week. Thank you.